This morning's sermon was prepared by the Reverend George Van Popda of the Jubilee Canadian Reformed Church in Ottawa and has chosen as his text Psalm 121, which we shall read again. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. After reading of God's word, we shall sing in response from Psalm 72, stanzas 9 and 10. Psalm 72, 9 and 10. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, recently I preached on two songs of ascent, Psalm 120 and Psalm 133. This morning we will look at Psalm 121 another one of the pilgrim songs that the children of Israel would sing as they made their way from the different part of the land up to Jerusalem for the pilgrimage festivals. What is this one about? It is about how the Lord, who watches over Israel, neither slumbers nor sleeps. So let me state the theme as, He, watching over Israel, slumbers not nor sleeps. The Lord is, one, our creator, Two, our protector, and three, our benefactor. The traveler, or as we will call him, the pilgrim, lifts his eyes to the hills and asks, from where does my help come? His confident answer is, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In this, the children of Israel were different from their heathen neighbors. Their heathen neighbors only looked to the hills for help. Pilgrim looks beyond the hills, higher than the hills, to the God who made the hills, the earth, the skies for help, for safety, security, peace, and blessing. Pilgrim lives in the midst of those who thought that their gods, to whom they had to appeal for help, lived on the hilltops. All Canaanites believe that. Baal was thought to live on the top of Mount Zaphon in Syria, Moat. The god of death lived on a mountain in the underworld. The Canaanites had their places of worship on the tops of hills. There they built their altars to their gods. There they constructed their temples and erected their Asherah poles. Remember Balaam and Balak? King Balak of Moab hired Balaam, the witch doctor, to lay a curse on the children of Israel encamped on the plains of Moab. Every time Balaam took Balak to a high mountain, first they went up to the high place of Baal. There they built seven altars and sacrificed seven bulls and seven rams. Then they went to the top of Mount Pisgah and did the same, then to the top of Peor. When Israel entered the land, they were to destroy all these Canaanite places of worship. The Lord had said, destroy all carved images and cast idols and demolish all their high places. 
Numbers 33, verse 52. The problem was that Israel did not destroy these hilltop Canaanite places of worship. Often they ended up worshiping there as well. Sometimes they worshiped the Lord at the high places. Sometimes Canaanite gods. Sometimes a mix of both. Even the great King Solomon got mixed up in this syncretistic soup. 1 Kings 3 verse 3. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the statues of his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places, 2 Kings 23 verse 13. On the south of the hill of corruption, Solomon, king of Israel, built altars for Ashtoreth, the vile goddess of the Sidonians, for Chemosh, the vile god of Moab, and for Moloch, the detestable god of the people of Ammon. King Jeroboam established alternative worship on the high places at Dan and Bethel. This was a problem throughout the history of Israel, even to the time of exile. The prophet Ezekiel accused the people in exile of having eaten at the mountain shrines and looking at the idols there. And so the question was relevant and pertinent for Pilgrim. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Does my help come from there, from the false gods, the Canaanite gods? the syncretistic melange of so many? Today we could ask, does my help come from the social welfare system, or from a labor union, or from myself, or from some mixed up faith where I trust God a bit, myself a bit, and the political or social structures of the world a bit? Pilgrim's answer is no, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The heathen defiled heaven and earth, They worship the earth, and especially the heavens. Pilgrim confessed, the Lord is the maker of heaven and earth. He said, I believe in God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth. That is your confession too, is it not? God is the God of your existence. He created you. He created all things, the universe. He, the Lord, the God who created all things, entered into covenant with you. Five times the special covenant name of God, the Lord, is used in this psalm. In that covenant, he promises to be your helper. In the Old Testament, God promised help to the righteous, the poor, the widow, the fatherless. The psalms speak about God helping in various circumstances of life, illness, personal distress, and dismay. God showed us perfect help in our Lord Jesus Christ. Reading through the Gospels, so often you read about Jesus helping people. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus helped those who needed help. When the people saw what the Lord Jesus was doing in their midst, preaching the good news, forgiving sins, healing the sick, and raising the dead, then they were filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. As young Mary, newly pregnant with the Son of God, said in her song, Luke 1, verse 54, He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. The Lord Jesus has helped us. Has he not? He is our helper. Is he not? Come to our second point. Our maker who helps us is also our protector. 
These verses speak about God's care over the whole church. Pilgrim speaks here about Israel, the whole people of God. The Lord watches over his people. The same word, watches, is used three times in verse 3, 4, and 5. You know how it is if someone asks you to watch something. You are sitting at the airport and someone asks you to watch his luggage while he goes to buy a magazine. You cannot take your eyes off that guy's luggage. You feel a great sense of responsibility, for you would hate it if someone stole it while you had promised to watch it. Or you are babysitting a friend's child for a couple of hours. You do not let that child out of your sight. So the Lord watches over his church. He does not slumber. He will not sleep. The heathen gods were sleepy gods. You remember when Elijah had his final showdown with the Baal prophets? When Baal would not respond? 1 Kings 18 verse 27. Elijah began to taunt him. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought, or busy, or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. Generally, the heathens thought it was safer to have their gods asleep most of the time. Let sleeping gods lie. The gods were dangerous and should only be awoken in times of great emergency. But not Israel's God, not our God. He slumbers not, nor sleeps. Do you ever think about that, children? You get tired, you go to bed, you sleep, maybe a long time, 10 hours. All that time, God is watching over you. You wake up and stretch, and God is still there, wide awake, watching over you, over you personally. You see, here there is a shift from verse 4 to verse 5. In verse 4, Pilgrim says that the Lord watches over Israel, the whole people of God. In verse 5, he says that the Lord watches over you. It is in the singular. God is a protective shade at your right hand. You dwell in the shelter of his wing. That means you have someone to go with you through life's pilgrimage. Life has highs and lows. Some of you are high. Some of you are low. Through all the highs and lows, God is at your right hand. As Psalm 16 verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Because of the Lord's nearness at your right hand, the sun and the moon will not harm you. Again, we need to read this unfortunate heathen context Pilgrim lived in. Everyone in the land, in one way or another, worshipped the sun and the moon. When Israel entered Canaan, there was a city called Beth Shemesh, which means House of the sun. Likely it was a place where the sun was worshipped. Since Canaanite religion was definitely rated triple X, this house of the sun was probably not much different from the house of the rising sun, the brothel in New Orleans made famous through song by countless pop musicians in the 1960s. The Lord warned Israel not to worship the host of heaven when they entered the land. Deuteronomy 4 verse 19. And when you look up to the sky and you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshiping them. Israel did fall into the evil trap of worshiping the sun and the moon. King Manasseh appointed pagan priests who led the people to worship the sun and moon and the constellations and all the starry hosts of heaven. 
The pagans had a love-hate relation with these gods. They needed the sun for life. But when the sun caused drought and beat upon the people with unrelenting heat, they grew scared of the sun. They thought it was angry at them. It was harming them by day. And if bad things happened at night, they thought the moon god was angry. That the moon was striking them at night. Pilgrim says, that is not so. The Lord is the maker of heaven and earth. The sun and the moon do not have a separate existence. God created them. He is the creator of all things. Day or night, whether you are walking in the sunlight or sleeping in the moon shadows, the Lord will take care of you, each of you, personally. The Lord is our creator, our protector, and thirdly, our benefactor. Verse 7 and 8 looks to the future. The same verb is used in these verses, the verb to watch. It is used three times in verse 7 and 8. The Hebrew word behind will keep you in verse 7 is the word for watch. The same word is used again, six times all counted in the song. But now, in these verses, the tense changes to the future. In the verses 3 to 6, Pilgrim spoke about what God did for the people in the past and does for them in the present. In verses 7 and 8, he speaks about what he will do for them in the future. And what will he do? He will keep you from all harm. God is not promising you a cushy life. Rather, he is promising you a well-armed life. He promises that he will watch over your life. That is a promise for the future. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore, today and tomorrow. We live in a very mobile society. We travel a lot. The Lord promises us his protection. Does that mean we will never fall and hurt ourselves or be involved in a motor vehicle accident? That we will never fall ill? No, of course not. That's not what pilgrim means. What pilgrim means is that with the Lord watching over us and with us living in his shadow, living under his gracious and sovereign providence, nothing really bad can happen to us. As we confess in Lord's Day 10, God in his providence still upholds heaven and earth and all creatures and so governs them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, food and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty, indeed, all things come to us, not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. And so we can be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and with a view to the future, we can have a firm confidence in our faithful God and Father that no creature shall separate us from his love. For all creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will, they cannot so much as move. No bird of the air falls to the ground outside of God's will. Not, of your, not a hair of your head goes missing outside of your Father's will. Day by day, in your coming and going, God is bringing you to the end of your pilgrimage. We are all pilgrims. We are all headed for Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, which is coming to us from above. Here we have no fixed address. Our citizenship is in heaven. And in the meantime, we have a shepherd, a guardian, a keeper, our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the shepherd and guardian of our souls. He keeps us safe. He leads us and guides us on our pilgrimage. Trust in him. Don't look to the false gods of this world. Don't be scared by the things of this life. Trust your Lord Jesus. Trust your Heavenly Father. Trust the Holy Spirit. For you, for your God, your covenant God, is your creator, protector, benefactor. He watching over Israel slumbers not nor sleeps. Amen.